Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. This is episode 93 of the Traveling Image Makers podcast with your hosts, Hugo Che and Ralph Velasco. This week we interview the winners of our photo contest, something that you can find over at our Facebook group, The Traveling Image Makers Corner, where every month we invite our members to submit their best travel photos, then we select a couple and we invite the photographers on the show to talk about their winning images, their photography, their travels, their life. So if you want a chance to be a part of the show yourself, all you have to do is to head over to our Facebook group, uh, join it if you're not already, already a member, and then find the album for the month's contest. It's usually pinned to the top of the page. And then add one of your favorite travel photos. And at the end of the month, we will pick a couple of winners and interview them. And then, of course, uh, we have a contest every month. The current one runs until the end of September. So if you're listening to the episode in the month of September, you can take part in the current contest. Otherwise, there will be another contest for the month of October. Uh, you can find the group at facebook.com slash groups slash TIM Corner, and we will also put a link in the show notes that for these episodes will be at ttim.photo forward slash 93. And now let's listen to the uh, interviews with our winners that are Tiff Gilliland from Australia and Diane Pratt from Canada. Enjoy! So today we have one of the winners of uh, the photo contest that we have every month on the Traveling Image Makers Corner of, uh, Facebook group. And uh, Tiff Gilliland, who is uh, on the phone with us from uh, somewhere around Sydney, Australia. Is that right? Hi, Tiff. <laughs> Hi. Um, sort of. I, I live in a small town. It's about halfway between Sydney and Brisbane. I'm about seven hours away from Sydney. Oh, so, yeah. But But by Australian standards, that's that's close to Sydney. It's close. You mean you yeah. see New South Wales and yes. <laughs> in Europe people might think it's a pretty small place. <laughs> I mean, still still being in the same state, it's still seven hours away. That's uh, that's how I know Australia yeah. is huge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so welcome welcome to the show and thanks for for being with uh, with us today. Uh, yeah, can fantastic. you maybe? Uh, introduce yourself, what you do in life, uh, and uh, and your photography. How did you get started in photography? What's the, the place of photography in your life nowadays? Sure. Uh, okay, what what I do? I am I'm a generalist. I do a lot of different things. I wear a lot of different hats. I find it very hard to focus on one thing. So I have a day job where I do marketing and a bit of IT stuff and I help with social media and that sort of stuff. I uh, do my photography as well on the side and I'm also starting to do photo shoots for entrepreneurs and video shoots and things like that. And I do a whole bunch of stuff at the moment, but that's kind of the way that I like it. Uh, what were your other questions? How did I get started in yeah, photography? How, how did you get started? Yeah. How was the, yeah. 
part of your yeah. life is it taking up right now? Is it becoming more important? Uh, you have, uh, as you said, a, a full-time mm-hmm. job, but is it is photography taking up more of your time? Do you see yourself uh, doing more photography in the future, even maybe professionally, as you hinted at? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay, so I got started in photography about four years ago. Uh, And it was kind of, um, I didn't grow up being a creative person. I never thought I was creative. I had an art teacher tell me I wasn't creative enough and I kind of just took that to heart and I thought that my life was going to be accounting like my father and I did a business degree and I didn't think too much about it. And, uh, yeah, then I was going through life and, uh, you know, around about six years ago I was an IT project manager. And I wasn't having any fun. I was pretty miserable. I was working long hours and I needed something else. So I kind of, I resigned from my job and I went looking for something else. And as part of that, I did everything different to my life previous to that. So uh, everything creative, I tried it. I tried all these different things. I bought a sewing machine. I did knitting. I did all this. People, all my friends thought I'd gone crazy, but that was just me trying to find happiness and not be so miserable and work out what worked for me. And uh, yeah, then um, my husband bought me a camera. He, He just, I don't know, he had this thing like I grew up watching movies and being fascinated by movies and following actors and following directors and things like that. And he had this sense that maybe a camera could be the way to go. And, uh, yeah, it sort of, it changed my life because I just loved it. Like, um, you know, I got a camera, then I stumbled across Trey Ratcliffe online and wanting to learn how to do photography. And I just had so much fun. Like when I have the camera in my hands, I just, it is um, it's like the most peaceful place to me. It's just the the worries of the world melt away. None of that is there. And I just get to see the beauty of the world around me and, and focus on that and then, you know, watch people doing their thing and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's how I got into photography. And it is taking up a much bigger role in my life. I do kind of a mixture of I do some landscape and travel photography because that's where I started uh, that – um, I'm heading over to the USA and Mexico later this year. So I'm going to get to do some more travel photography. It's going to be awesome and doing some more video work as well. And yeah, I am actually trying to start earning a living using my camera and stuff like that, but not with my landscape stuff. That's with uh, doing portraits and helping entrepreneurs tell the story of their business with yeah my photography and my videos and stuff like that for them. So, so yeah, looking, yeah. At, looking at your profile online, I see mentions of uh, communications and marketing. So it seems like you are into yeah. uh, into that right now professionally. But uh, yes. th- does it help you with photography? I mean, uh, myself included, but a lot of photographers have uh, trouble marketing mm. themselves and getting known mm. and communicating to uh to potential audience, to potential customers. Do you have any suggestions, any tip for photographers out there that are struggling with that part of their business? Um, yeah, definitely. I have so many tips. Where can I start? Uh, I guess <laughs> at the beginning, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to, to fill in the gaps while I, I think about exactly where I could start. There's, there's a whole bunch of things that can hold you back as an artist. And it's funny, because, like when you're trying to promote yourself. And, and it's funny because I did marketing, I did marketing roles before I got into photography or before I decided that I wanted to promote my own photography. 
And it's a lot easier for me to do marketing for other people's products than it is to market myself. It is it is the hardest thing to kind of get my head around. Um, there's have a couple you, of things. Have yeah. you heard about the imposter syndrome? Oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. I mean, that, that's uh, for, for people who haven't heard about that is why, why mm. many creative people or people in every field will uh, find it difficult, as you were saying, promoting themselves because they think, mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm not the real thing. I'm an imposter. Yes. So if I put myself out, people will will see through me and, and see that I'm not really the, the person I pretend to be. And so that's uh, that's holding many people back from uh, from realizing their, their full potential and something that, that needs to be overcome, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I struggled with much of the same because I didn't grow up being a creative person. I didn't start trying to do creative things uh, when I was a kid, like I, I felt a lot of other artists um, did and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I had to sort of get over that. And I mean, I'm still working on it, you know. Um, but for me, the way I think about it is that, I'm presenting to the world, I'm showing the world what I'm passionate about and people pick up when I'm passionate about something. If I'm writing a post or if I'm doing a video and I'm passionate about it, other people pick up on that and they respond and the right people do and the other people move on or, or whatever. And uh, I kind of I think about it like that. The other thing that helped me immensely was this little phrase that I tell myself all the time and that is, it's none of my business what other people think of me, cool. which is like the single biggest thing that helps me to be able to put myself out there and do videos online and do put my photography out there and that kind of thing. I mean, there's definitely room for criticism and feedback and that kind of stuff, and I definitely look for that. But in terms of worrying about will somebody think this is bad or will somebody think this is good and all those fears that can get at you when you're trying to put yourself out there and, and trying to promote your work that's that's the one phrase that that really helps me move through uh and helps me it helps me with clients trying to get them confident and, and comfortable in front of the camera when they don't normally do that kind of work and yeah, yeah. So i don't know uh, i put that out there so hopefully it helps somebody else yeah yeah i, I think know. that's definitely very very true and uh I think it will be helpful. Uh, you also started doing a, a podcast, which I think is also uh, on video, not just audio. Uh, and, and I think that's, I mean, personally, from my experience, from be, having done videos on YouTube and then this podcast for a while, it's uh, it, it's hard at the start. It's it's awkward. You feel awkward. You you hate hearing your own voice, and you keep constantly keep thinking. What others will think of me, and will I sound stupid or, or something like that? You get all those fears in your head that you should. It's not hard to to get rid of. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually just did a podcast um, just last night about my struggles with podcast block rather than writer's block, but podcast <laughs> block trying to work out how to get through it. So definitely all those things they can they can come up although i work really hard not i don't have those thoughts of what will people think of me but i do have thoughts of what am i going to say and mm -hmm. does does anybody even care does is anybody listening yeah. <laughs> like is i there? can see people are listening but i have no idea if they listen for three seconds or 10 minutes or anything is, like that at that point is there anybody <laughs> out there <laughs> <laughs> yep 
Tap, tap, tap. Is this yeah. thing on? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so, yeah, please send me your comments. Type something. <laughs> right. That's, yep. uh, that, that's very common. Um, yeah. So let's talk about your winning photo, which mm. we picked from a, a bunch of about 30 contestants. And it's a, it's a beautiful photo. Uh, it's a photo of a very famous landmark, uh, the Sydney Opera House. But with a, with a different light, can we will we will put that photo uh, for people to see in uh, in the episode uh, show notes. But uh, can you maybe describe it and describe the um, context? Uh, yeah, in which this photo was taken. Yeah, it was taken during um, a festival. Uh, Sydney has an annual festival they've been running for a few years called the Vivid Lighting and Sound Festival. And that festival, what they do is they put these awesome lighting displays on all of these landmarks and in these different places all around the city. And you can kind of, you get to go on this kind of walk and you can see the different lights and you get sounds coming with it and music. And it's it's really, really interesting uh, as a creator. And as part of that, one of the, the biggest landmarks is the Opera House. And every year they put something stunning. They get these artist works and then they uh, transform them into into light and and display it on like they project it onto the opera house and then it moves through <clears throat> with this uh, music and and it yeah it's um it's just it's beautiful what they do and what they create and sort of has a bit of a running theme to it and everything every year and uh, that that particular photo that I took was was part of uh, that uh, actual. Um, you know, what was running through on the opera house. And uh, what I did was I actually, I went to the Vivid Festival the year before in 2016 and I got uh, some photos, but they really weren't that great. I didn't get anything that, that I particularly liked. It wasn't it wasn't how I saw it in my head. But I, uh, when it came up in 2017, I immediately booked tickets to go down. Like, you know, it's a few hundred dollars for me to go down to Sydney and, and you know, book the flights and everything. But I was going to tackle it. I was going to get over this hurdle and I was going to make it work. And somehow it all clicked in. It just, um, you know, like I got, I got there early. I got my spot in amongst the crowds. I had my tripod set up and I had people all around me with their smartphones taking selfies and trying to push me out of the way. But I elbowed them back and... Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I had the right lens on. I had my seventy to two hundred lens. I did have a better camera body this time around, but then I also had the right settings and the right approach, doing the the long exposure and uh, uh, to to sort of flatten the water and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's. So looking uh, at the photo, looking at the hmm. photo, it looks from the perspective of it, it looks like it's taken with with a telephoto. So probably across the water from a. From a certain yes. distance, so was that? Um, yeah, absolutely. Do you remember what the yeah. focal length was? It was either. I think. Sorry. Yeah. Um. I think it was. It was. I think I might have been at the two hundred or mm-hmm. somewhere at between the one hundred and fifty to two hundred. Was just enough to be able to like. I just wanted to get all of the opera house in the shot. And yeah. some of the water in front, and you know there are boats going past in front, and all that sort of stuff. But so I guess yeah, I people with uh, people with smartphone would get the opera house pretty small in the picture. Right? That's yes, that's where yeah, it pays definitely. to have some serious 
equipment. I mean, uh, you know, yes. we all say that gear doesn't count and everything, but sometimes, I mean, having the right gear counts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it did it. in this case. You know, like I said, I had upgraded my, my camera body from like an entry-level DSLR to, to a full-frame DSLR for that one as well. And and the the and actually approaching it with the long exposure as well. So yeah. so, uh, so a, a long exposure. I'm wondering, do, do you also remember? I'm sorry, I put you a bit on the spot here. What was the mm. uh, exposure time? Was it a um, few seconds or fractions of a second? Oh, actually, yeah, it was a few seconds. Yeah. I think I was doing around about eight seconds. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think because of all the extra light, like there's so much extra light being pumped into that area from the lighting festival at nighttime. So that helped flatten the water a bit. I think it was about that, but I can't remember. I should have uh, looked up the specs before yeah, I yeah, got on here. Um, just, yeah. just to have an idea yeah. because I, I might have thought it was shorter because – I might think yeah, that if the, I could be totally wrong. I don't <laughs> know. The, now the, now the, I'm opening up my Lightroom, you go. So <laughs> <laughs> let's see what I did. Uh, if the if the lights in the on the Opera House are changing rapidly and the colors will are changing rapidly, and if you do a long exposure, then everything will wash out because all the colors will mix together, and if you mix together all the colors they would come out as basically white uh whereas if you if they stand uh, still for a few seconds then you have the opportunity to well, to capture yeah, more saturated colors probably just just wondering i mean it's uh, yeah no it was actually moving slowly like it uh, would yeah. uh you know it would transition and then it would hold for a little bit mm-hmm. which allowed me to get the long exposures which i wasn't able to do the year before because they were actually moving so much faster yeah. the the transitions between the different lighting setups so good so that's probably mm-hmm. a, a, a technical difficulty that people uh, who want to take that that same kind of shots uh, maybe I don't know the light mm. display on the Eiffel Tower or those things. If if they move rapidly, in the end yes. you end up needing a faster shutter speed, maybe a, fra- a tenth of a second or something like that. Yeah. Keeping yeah. in mind it's always it's night, so there's not a lot of light. But yeah. if you have too okay. long an exposure, it will wash out. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go with okay, it. so I have the answers for you. So I was shooting at f16. Mm-hmm. My ISO was 200. I was at 102 millimeters in uh, focal length, and I was at 15 seconds. 15 seconds, yeah. So they, yep. the lights were pretty stable for that duration. Interesting, very interesting. Yeah. So thank I think you. it was the the shot I put up there. It might have been just starting to transition. It's mm-hmm. yeah. So. So you you have to watch out for transitions and maybe start shooting when mm-hmm. a transition ends. And stop yeah. shooting when it finishes, so you don't have you don't mix colors from two different displays, and just yeah. create a muddy mess, probably. Good, uh, that's something <laughs> that you good t- good tip for our audience who want to to shoot that kind of situations. Very good, thank you. So, no uh, yeah, as I said, we will um, put a copy of the image uh, in the show notes. Uh, we will also put uh, links to where people can find more about uh, Tiff Gilliland. But if you just want to, uh, to, to let just people who are just listening to this, where can people find more about you online? Uh, yeah, for my travel photography, you can find me at TJG Creative. It's T for Tiffany, J for Joe, and G for Gilliland 
creative.com and that's for my, my travel and landscape photography. And then uh, I'm building another site. I don't have my other website up, but that's for, you know, entrepreneurs and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Um, yeah, you see. Tiff, you're, Tiff you're pretty active um, on Facebook and, uh, and so on. Yeah. You're, you're easy to find. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. So that's uh, that, that's been a... Um, great conversation i mean really helpful also with those tips about uh, uh, light festivals light and sound festivals and uh, and marketing and communication as well so what's not like here i would like to thank you for uh, for your time today and encourage everyone to submit photos for our upcoming contests on the facebook group uh, the traveling image makers corner and uh, anything else you would like to to add Oh, yeah, just uh, that if anybody wants to follow along, I'm going to be traveling in the USA and Mexico later this year. I'm going to be doing um, videos on YouTube of my travels and doing some photography and all that sort of stuff while I go around in October through till about January or something. So, oh. yeah, that's big, all I have to say. Big, big trip. We'll, uh, we'll keep yeah. in touch. <laughs> all right. Thank again. Okay. Thanks again and have yep. a nice uh, evening there. Yep. Cheers. Thanks, you Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Ralph Velasco. I'm your co-host on the Traveling Image Makers podcast. And today I have a very special guest coming to us from Saskatchewan. We have Diane Pratt, who is uh, one of two of our most recent winners on the Traveling Image Makers Corner monthly photo contest. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, well, congratulations on a, a wonderful image. And uh, first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, a little bit about your photography, how you ended up in Saskatchewan? I am originally from Phoenix, Arizona, born and raised there. Um, didn't really like the heat of the desert and always said that I would move where it snowed. So I migrated to Saskatchewan, which is the polar opposite in 2005 and I've lived here ever since. I came here initially to do a master's degree that enveloped into a job and a PhD and I do photography on the side because I travel a lot for work and I see some beautiful things. So do you uh, you travel all over the world for work or is it mostly within Canada? Most of my jobs within Canada but we have a lot of collaboratory research projects around the world in Europe and China, Korea. So I spend a lot of time traveling. And do you get some free time when you're there? Are you able to you know, get spend a few days before or after your trip? If I go anywhere, I always spend a few days before or after because you have to maximize those opportunities because they don't come all very often. Absolutely. You got a free trip yeah. over there for work. Exactly. And, <laughs> how could you not? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, tell us a little bit about your photography. Uh, what do you, do you have a special genre that you specialize in? Um, when I was about nine, I went to a program called College for Kids. It was the craziest thing. And I took the photography course through the whole summer and just fell in love with taking pictures of being outside. I always want to be outside. I love landscapes. I'm kind of dabbling in the family photos things for friends, but it's not my true passion. I just love being out and finding some unique vantage point that no one's seen before and capturing that. Mm. Great. So uh, tell us about this wonderful image, this beautiful reflection that you submitted 
and I chose as the winner of this this uh, month's contest. Tell us where it is and how the image came about. So if you can believe it, that's a blue sky in Beijing, China. <laughs> I was there this spring, three days after they had the worst sandstorm they've had in a decade. And two days before I arrived, you couldn't see the front of your nose because it was so windy and dirty and sandy. And then I flew in and the skies cleared or parted, as you would say, to blue skies for about 36 hours. So I crushed that city with my camera to try to get photos of unique things. So that's a picture of the Forbidden City um, around sunset time, so around 7.30, 8 in the evening. And yeah, it's at the corner, northeast corner of the Forbidden City. Wow, wonderful. So you, you really lucked out with that uh, little oh, window of time, huh? Super lucky. I don't know anyone that I know that has traveled to China that's got pictures with blue sky in them. It's so rare. Wow, that's a shame. Yeah. But uh, makes a picture like this even more interesting. So you say this was around sunset? Yeah, it was at sunset. Okay, and uh, just this wonderful reflection. So it doesn't look like there was a a breath of air. It was hot and dry and zero wind. So it was just calm as could be, yeah. Well, for those of you who are ju just listening to the audio, and we'll certainly have the picture on the on the podcast post on the, the ttim.photo website uh, this uh, to me and you just explained is at one corner of the forbidden city in beijing it's this beautiful red sort of pagoda would that be considered a pagoda yep okay yep. and there's just this perfect ref uh, very symmetrical reflection so diane very uh smartly broke that rule of thirds because it's just got a just perfect symmetrical yeah, that, that horizon is right smack in the center where I think it should be on this kind of an image. So you got the reflection of these beautiful pink clouds in the sky uh, reflected right in this mirror finish of the water. Is that sort of a, a man-made moat, do you know? It is. There's a moat surrounding the entire Forbidden City. Okay. Yeah. I've never been there. I've only been to uh, Hong Kong and... You should go. Canton it's pretty cool. Berlin. Yeah, I want to I want to go in that 36 hours that you got. Wayland's my favorite, but Beijing's got some really cool history mm -hmm. if you're into that. Yeah, I was in uh, Guilin about 1988, so coming up on 30 years ago. It's hard hard to believe. Wow. You should but go back. I, it's probably totally different. <laughs> I want to go back, and I and yeah. I wish I had uh, the interest in photography back then that I do now and certainly the digital cameras <laughs> yeah exactly because i gotta think it's uh, fairly overrun with uh, tourists so it's pretty crazy i was there three years ago and it's mm -hmm. nuts yeah yeah i can imagine so uh how big is this complex i mean is this just one tiny percentage of the whole forbidden city i've got to think i think it took me an hour to walk from the south end to the north end straight through wow yeah just just walking without stopping? Just, just walking. Oh, yeah. my God. That's, it's huge. That's, I've, oh, gosh. Now, is that where Tiananmen Square is? Is that Yeah, right that's there? part of Tiananmen Square. Okay. All right. And uh, it doesn't look like there's any people here. Was that uh, just a afternoon of no one there? Um, I was sitting on the edge of the moat with my tripod, so there wouldn't be any people that you would see, per se. So they'd all be behind me at that point. Oh, so there's no one actually allowed on the part of the property that we're looking at? 
they'd be behind the pagoda if they were in there at that time yet. I see. Okay. I, I thought maybe people were, would be able to walk along the water's edge over there. Not on that side, just gotcha. on the outside. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, what are what are some trips that you have coming up that uh, you can look forward to and we can look forward to? Maybe you're submitting some more images from. Well, I just got back from Cabo, Mexico, so I've got some my first trial of scuba diving photos, so we'll see how that turned out. I haven't looked at them yet. And then I've been dabbling in some storm chasing around Saskatchewan because we've got some crazy thunderstorms this year. I've gotten some really cool stuff out of that. Mm, I think I saw a couple on your Facebook page. Yeah, that yeah. was really nice. Yeah, I, That's something I've always been interested in. Talk to us about that. That uh, seems like a very interesting but a little bit scary genre. I, I'm a pretty adventurous person, so I'm not quite scared, but I don't want to get my gear wet either. So you got to kind of stay, you know, 10 minutes ahead of the storm all the time. But that's still within range of lightning, so it's a little little hairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, standing there with a tripod slash yeah. lightning rod. I figured it out. I throw the tripod out the door of my truck, and I sit in my truck with my remote trigger and then go nuts. <laughs> ah, great idea. Yeah. <laughs> nice and dry in your truck. and uh, Kind of dry and then, yeah, safe-ish from lightning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that? I just dabbled in that this summer for the first time ever. So, yeah, not yeah. long. Well, where can people find you on Facebook? I'm on Facebook under my name, or my website is dlpsquared.com. Great. And we'll be sure to put uh, links in the show notes uh, for people there, and also any social media following that you might have that you'd like people to check out as well. Yeah, if they hit the website, you can find my Facebook and Instagram on that. Great. Why don't don't you tell us that again, please? DLP squared, spelled out like S-Q-U-A-R-E-D. Dot com. Great. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Diane. Appreciate your time. And uh, thank you for submitting such a wonderful image. Hope that uh, we can see some more great work from you soon. Thanks for having me. This is really great. I appreciate you picking my image. <laughs> my pleasure. You, you earned it. Thanks. Okay. Keep in touch. We'll talk to you later. Right. Thanks, Ralph. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening to uh, this segment of the Travel and Image Makers podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ralph Velasco. And in the meantime, get out and shoot. That's it for this week. I just want to remind you again that you can find uh, all the links for this episode, including the winning images at ttim.photo forward slash 93. You can also find everything about me online at my website, ucphoto.me, and for Ralph at photoenrichment.com. Thank you very much for listening.